Hey y'all, welcome back to an episode of Slice Up Your Life. I'm your host, Rachel Bedell, and I don't know about y'all, but quarantine kind of hit me this week. It's been super nice. I've been out in Texas with my dad and my mom at their lake house, and so I've lived a very privileged quarantine life so far, but it just really hit me today. I miss humans so much. Um, and one of the humans I really miss is who you guys will hear my conversation with shortly. That is Becca Wright. She's genuinely a beautiful soul. Um, she's one of the first people I met at Oasis. She came up to me, introduced herself, and as che- cheesy as it is, the rest is history. We just hit it off so well, and she's just someone that I can always lean on. Um, but yeah, just two heads up for this interview. There are some little audio blips in the beginning that I couldn't really figure out to be quite honest and the this is one of the last conversations that happened pre-quarantine so just a little forewarning there hope you guys enjoy this conversation with becca yeah so i'm becca and i live in chicago and i'm a fashion lifestyle and editorial photographer and absolutely love what i do um it's so fun to be able to work with lots of different teams of people and lots of people um, who are super creative and lots of like different elements and so i really when did you move to Chicago? Um, January 2018. Okay. And then you were, like, because you never lived in Germany. No, I never lived in Germany. Okay. So your, your dad just grew up there. Yeah, my dad grew up there, but I have German citizenship, and I'll visit my family a lot. Okay. But don't speak German, so it's kind of awkward. Oh, okay. <laughs> Does your dad ever speak? Like, he can probably speak it fluently. Oh, yeah. He's fluent in it. And then, can your mom speak any German? My mom speaks a little bit. My sister is... 50% fluent, I guess. My brother's, like, also 50% fluent. You just weren't. Yeah, it's, like, this really complicated story. Basically, my dad doesn't, like, love Germany so much. And so, apparently, when I was four, I had a lot of sway on what my life looked like. And I told him that I didn't want to learn German. And so, he didn't make me. <laughs> and I was, like, when I was four, I wanted to eat dirt. Why? Yeah, why? Um, did you let me have that much control? But he didn't really want me to learn it anyway. So, he was, like whatever but then my sister went over when she was like the right um age to like learn a language if that makes sense with the motivation so then she learned and then my brother's um fencing team for germany okay and so that's how he learned okay queen's farm but yeah that's right so did you move originally to chicago for school i think i know this but yeah so i moved to chicago from south carolina yeah um so i moved south carolina to study interior architecture right away after high school decided that wasn't really what I wanted to do at all. Like, while I loved it and was good at it, it just was not my passion. I wanted to do something more with marketing, with business, with photography, with ministry, and I didn't really know what that looked like, but I knew that interior design was not going to get me there. Um, So I switched my major, stayed there for a year, moved to California for four months, did an internship, moved back to South Carolina, and then moved to Chicago for school and photography in January 2018. That's crazy that that was two years ago. That seems like it was just yesterday, and I'm like, oh, no, like, 2018 was legit over two years ago. I know. Okay. Like, it feels so recent to me, so, yeah. like, the fact that it literally was two years ago is insane. It's crazy. And so then, how did you find Oasis from here? So, oh, I know that. that's super... Oh, good. <laughs> so, how I found Oasis is literally kind of ridiculous. So... Basically, when I moved here, I was just, like, Googling a lot of churches. You know, I was, like, church hopping. And then one day I was on the phone with one of my friends from California. Um, and she was like, oh, you should try out Oasis. Like, I, like, know the pastor, kind of. And I was like, wait, how do you know this pastor? 
And she's like, oh, well, one time I was at a Hillsong conference and JP and Rachel were there and our previous bosses um, were there as well. And like, he couldn't remember the name of JP when they were speaking. And he was like, and so he made my friend go up to, to JP and Rachel and be like, hey, like, what's your name? Like, how are you? So she like bounced over and was like, hi, my name's Ashley. Like, what's your name? And they had this like really random interaction. And then she went and gave the name back to our um, boss. And then, so yeah, that was her literal interaction with him. And so then <laughs> she was like, yeah, you should try it. Like, he seemed really nice. I don't know him that well. And I, I don't know. So well it was like that account. recommendation or Google recommendation. And praise God that he knows what I needed. And <laughs> it was Oasis. And then like, I loved it right away. So when you started on Oasis, where were we? Where were we? Like location. Oh, Lacuna on the third floor. Okay. Which yeah. is so crazy. Which is so wild that we moved out of it today too. I know. Yeah. I'm excited. It's so different though. Yeah. But I've only ever known first floor Lacuna. I've room. only, I've known third floor Lacuna. The office is where we used to have prayer, and then now first floor, and now we're out. How many people were in the when it was just the office? Oh, like fifteen or sixteen for prayer. I was so nervous to go to prayer for the first time because I hated like, I mean, I was pretty confident when I placed it on myself, but to prayer because I didn't know what it was like. No. I was like, is it a prayer meeting? Do I have to be on time? Like, do we all sit in a circle and like? Right. Like, yeah. is it going to be obvious? Like, in how there? intimate is it? Is it like you have to be invited? Like, I know they say you can come, but do they mean that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like it would be like if you walk into a random small group. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, oh hi. And I didn't know that, and so I was yeah. So it took me a while to like get the courage to go. But then I went. It was really small, like 15. So the fact that now it's like 70 people, 50 yeah, people. I went like the first time I went was summer, so it was probably like 50. Yeah, is insane. Yeah, I, I don't know if I. I would be so intimidated walking to her with 15 people being like, oh, hi, everybody. Oh, I was scared. And, like, I didn't know. Like, I think I probably looked more scared or had RBF or I did something else. I didn't know what I did. But I was, like, really hard. And, like, not a lot of people talked to me for a while when I first started going either. Which is Which so was... funny because you're so integrated with everyone now. Yeah, but it was not – it did not start like that. I feel like the process of me moving here and, like – developing community took like a really long time and yeah. it took a lot of like effort and like I would like I was so like depressed out of my mind when I first moved here and like it was just like really sad really hard and like very lonely mm -hmm. and like I think I wanted that community so bad and so yeah but it was just really hard and I probably like looked scared I probably like looked stressed but I've also gotten people will be like oh you look really intimidating or you already look like you have all the friends like even if I'm scared out of my mind. So who knows what my face actually said. So You come off very confident. Like, yeah. not in a bad way, but, like, I felt that, too. You're just like, here I am. Granted, when you came up to you, it's like, like, literally, yeah. that's what you're saying is here I am. But, yeah, um, <laughs> but, I mean, I could get it, too. And it is, like, it's the, I don't want to say the curse of Oasis, but it is, like, it's the blessing but semi-curse where it's like people are so close that it is intimidating to walk into like it, everyone's so nice you could walk into any circle and mm -hmm. it, they, they'll welcome you yeah but there are circles like after yeah. church there are little like pods and so you just have to go into one yeah and I think it was hard I don't think I was as bold as I could have been because I mean I was wrestling with so much the idea I'm like which conversation do I interrupt and jump into because like yeah. I don't know how to and so then I would try to like linger but then I would just leave because I was like how it's like kind of awkward if I stay in here for a long time and then people still had to do that set up and tear down yeah so crazy 
So did you grow up with like a community youth group and stuff growing up? Yeah. Growing up, I like I grew up in a Christian home. So I like was in the church like my whole life. Um and so yeah, I had like youth groups that I would go to and like I was like pretty I was like very like well connected. Um, but I never like fully like felt like comfortable with people and then in high school some like stuff went down with some like friends and stuff and so that was like a little funky and a little wonky so I think that part was just was like different in terms of like church community Mm -hmm. um but it was like still really good was California your internship with Christine Kane Mm -hmm. so how did you get like involved in that or like want to do that because that just is like Oh, like she's intensive a human in the best ways possible I feel like and we've kind of chatted about it a little yeah. before but it's like that's not like a passive faith journey yeah. <laughs> internship <laughs> no it's not um so I think growing up um my parents have like a really like bold faith and I really appreciate that and so I was able to like learn that example and like me and my dad are really close and like he will challenge me a lot and like I was never forced into Christianity at all like my parents um, both came to faith when, like, they were in their 20s, mid like, early 20s. And so it was, like, very real for them. It wasn't, like, just, like, a forced generational or cultural thing. It was, like, a choice for them, and they gave me the choice as well mm-hmm. um, and gave me lots of guidance and were, like, open to have conversations and everything like that. Um, and then in high school, I went on the senior trip, and I was actually kind of, like, annoyed that we were going because we went to Cincinnati, I think, and Nashville. And I was like, why are we going to Cincinnati? I was like, there is nothing here. This is the weirdest location, but whatever, you know, I'll go. And um, we went to this museum on um, slavery, and the lady told us, she's like, okay, go start on, like, the top floor. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever, like, I'll go through this museum. And the first, the, the floor that she told us to start on was, like, this, like, really, really beautiful, not beautiful, really powerful mm-hmm. display on human trafficking um as modern day slavery and I remember like going through the just like just like walking through this experience and I was like whoa like what is this and then you know they had like like the displays and they had like a human body and they had questions on the front um and they had like you know little doors you can open yeah and one of the questions they had for the head I like it was um who um who was susceptible to be a victim of human trafficking and you open up and it was a mirror and I, and I just, I started crying and I don't cry. Mm-hmm. I like, I don't really, like I, it's like stuff affects me a lot, but I don't necessarily show it, yeah, especially in a group emotional. of people. Mm-hmm. Like that's just not how I process, but I literally like left and like started crying and like went through the rest of the exhibit and we're, we're seeing all these like photos and just were like so powerful. And I was just like touched and I left and I was like, I have to do something. I was like, this is not okay. This is such a huge problem. How does this even work? I don't understand it. I don't know what to do. And this is just not okay. And I remember like that summer, just like Googling a ton, like how to get involved. Like, what do you do? Like organizations. And I like saw A21 or whatever. And I was like, oh, that would be kind of cool. Um, but I started to start local and I started like volunteering with like my local, like homeless shelter because that's like, you know, like an effect of it. There's, yeah. there's a lot of variables and a lot of things <laughs> you can do to help prevent human trafficking without necessarily working in human trafficking. Um, and so that's what I did. And then I went to college, um, started interior design. And then I was like, in this moment of, it was a very weird moment. Um, I was just super miserable. And I was like, I have to do something before the rest of my life, beca- like 
before I graduate yeah. because I don't like what I'm gonna do. And so like, I really wanna do something with this. Like it could be my last ditch effort. That was such a weird mindset. I don't really know what that was. That was very weird. I definitely had 10 cups of coffee. Um, <laughs> and I'd been up for like multiple days working on a project. But I applied um, to A21 in California to intern um, in the communications department. And I just sent out an application and it was like cold. My resume was terrible. Um, then somehow I got an interview and I was absolutely shocked. Um, and then during the interview, they asked me who the founder of A21 was. And I was like, I don't know. And I, after the interview, I was like, oh, I for sure didn't get it. There's no way my resume was terrible. Like, how did this even work? Um, like, it's not going to happen. And then I got a second interview and I was like, are you kidding? Like, this is so bizarre. And it interviewed a second time, and I was like, I mean, who knows what will happen. Um, and then, like, a little bit later, like, they told me, like, I got the internship, and I was just, like, floored. I was like, what? That's insane. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, like, this is great. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was saving up money um, to be able to, like, go for four months and, like, intern because it was, like, unpaid. And then, like, a month beforehand, um, I got into a car accident and I had to pay like my insurance deductible, which was going to take out a huge portion of that. And I was just like, and I went to my dad and I was like, dad, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know how to raise, I have to raise a lot of money and like in such a short amount of time. And like, I don't know like how I'm going to pay everything. And I remember my dad saying something that like has stuck with me. And he's like, Becca, he's like, if God wants you to be in California, he goes, you'll get that money. He goes, and if you don't, he goes, don't get it to be able to go. He's like, then you wouldn't want to be there anyway. Mm. And I was like, Oh, wow, like that's so beautiful. Um, and yeah, then like someone found out about it and literally like offered to pay, just like pay my whole deductible. Just like, just wrote me a check for it and I didn't ask and I was just blown away by God's like, you're going, like get there. Mm -hmm. um, and then the experience was amazing. It was like very challenging um, in like the best way possible. Um, it opened me up to a lot of like how like an organization like that works like how human trafficking works how there's so many different parts of it's just a beautiful way of like how the body of Christ works together in all these different fields because mm -hmm. um, Austin California does more so like the accounting the marketing the branding like that type of thing um, so that way all the other or like the bases can fully operate in their giftings where they are um, and so it's just like really beautiful way um, I was definitely challenged did you learn anything like before, like through that experience of like who God is? I know it's kind of a deep question. No, that's it's a great question. I think I wrestled with that a lot. There was a documentary that we had to watch like during our training, um, and it showed people just like in their walk um, who like who came to know the Lord like after human trafficking, um, and one of them was a trafficker, and I remember like you like you watch the girls or the guys being trafficked and like they come to know God and you're so happy and then when the trafficker that you've seen like hurt these people throughout this documentary when you see him come to know the Lord like I was kind of mad yeah like I was like you're gonna let him you you really are and then I was heck convicted <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh I feel like like, who do you think you are? Like, you think you're any better. And so it's just one of those things that's, like, really, really hard to, like, work in and, like, be so close to. And, like, sometimes it gets, like, really heavy, but it's just, like, knowing that, like, God's in control and that, like, his plan is, like, bigger and greater than I can. And, like, 
he's given me these gifts and like I mean it's what you said like we live in a broken world mm -hmm. and it's awful and it breaks my heart especially like when I like when I like really like think about it and let myself like really like feel it like it gets overwhelming where it's like almost at this point where I'm like I can't do anything this problem is too big like but I think it's like we all have a purpose and we all have gifts and we all have different opportunities and like you just need to like take the steps right in front of you mm -hmm. um, I remember one time when I was there like we were having a conversation um, and some and Chris was saying she's like she was a lot of you guys just like love to like talk about changing the world like while sipping lattes in your skinny jeans and she's like but she was not that many of you want to like plug in numbers into an excel spreadsheet because it's not that exciting and it's so not like sexy work it's not sexy work at all it's literally like okay or there was a point where I was trying to learn to code in Bulgarian I was very confused what? it was I, I switched I quickly moved over and it was just everyone realized it's not gonna work out you know but like it's just you have to like Learn, like you, you just jump in and like you do what needs to get done in order for like the greater purpose mm -hmm. and then you're just like Lord um, Thank you for allowing me to partner with you mm -hmm. in something like this Thank you for allowing me to like be a part of your kingdom work and of building that because there's like like this is Satan's playground It's his happy place like yeah. he loves that and we were challenged to like what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you filling your mind with because a door that like Satan could come like that's okay to be open in another seasons like not okay to be open right now like you're walking in enemy territory. You're like bringing the gospel. You're bringing the light. Like you're bringing the Holy Spirit with you. You better be like prepared and like you better be in the Word. And so it was just a very like challenging, motivating time of like, okay, wow, like we really are part of the kingdom of God. And like, how are we operating in that? And how are we like sharing that kingdom like to the rest of the world? And like, while well, I as a photographer don't like interact with like victims on like an everyday basis, like. I like do still have a part by like photographing, you know, mm -hmm. and everyone has a part whether you're like crunching numbers and like accounting and like you're making a difference whether mm -hmm. you're there or like whether you're like on the field like like making runs like rescuing people like all of it's important all of it's so necessary in order for it to happen. Yeah, and I think that's something that like I struggled with right when I like moved that I was like I just even because I was kind of going through it as I was moving and mm -hmm. I was like I'm going to work for a French fry manufacturer like you know what I mean and like that's it just it makes your what you are doing so mundane but like JP talked about all the time it goes into like what you're doing in your everyday like mm -hmm. how are you talking to people are you like he makes a joke about which I see it so much coming from Iowa to Chicago of like holding the door open for someone yeah. and people are like what are you they doing? They literally like seem like they like just you just have to like clean their feet. Like, right. like I'm like like it's it's I'm like guys I'm just holding the door for you. Like it's not that big of a deal. Or like giving someone a smile, which you have to be like careful of in the city. But like <laughs> also at the same time it's like again we like all play our part yeah. in different ways, no matter what you're doing career wise or mm -hmm. like if you're a stay at home mom, like you're doing huge things. Oh, like yeah. I mean that's probably even bigger than like so many other things. But I just think that's the part that is like hard to like comprehend because mm -hmm. you're like I want to do everything I want to be touching people I want to be a pastor you know what I mean? yeah I be a pastor, but like that type right. of stuff but it's like you don't need to be doing those extremes we need everyone else in the mundane yeah and that like shows it with the highs and lows too yeah like, and even the the exciting has its mundane mm -hmm. like even working in those like hydro like there are mundane parts of that job and like yeah like life it, it, it's kind of what you make it to in a yeah. way you know so well, so we touched on it, photography. How did this happen? How did you become a photographer? <laughs> <laughs> Have we talked about this before? I feel like we kind of did one time when your whole Vogue thing was happening. <laughs> but I don't think, uh, 
I don't know. I don't remember, I guess I yeah. should say. So I feel like photography has always been like a part of my life in a really stupid, weird, cheesy way. Um, but I remember when I was like eight or nine, like directing like all my friends in the neighborhood to like make movies. I was like, okay, everyone, I would bring all my neighborhood friends, you know, and I'd be like, this is the vision for today. This is the movie we're making for today. Um, there was a point where we decided to create a play um, and then I had to go to the hospital. Um, so I'm in the hospital on the phone with my neighborhood friends discussing what they need to get done while I'm gone. Like, who do I think that I am? <laughs> like, who did I think that I was? I was nine in this hospital on the phone. What? I don't know. Parents for sure laughing at me. That's great. That's <laughs> super supportive. We love it. Um, and I was using my mom's camera and then um, my cousin, who literally is incredible, um, he and his fiance at the time, I think it was his fiance, they're married now, so it's okay. Um, she gave me um, one of her old cameras and he gave me this set of books um, by Scott Kelby, like digital photography books. And I just loved it and I just like latched onto it and I would just like read them. I would like hide them behind my textbooks in class and just like read them like an absolute nerd. And I would um, ask my friends like who just to like model for me, be like, okay, I have this idea, like let's do this. Um, I spent my freshman year of high school like working my butt off and like saved up for my first camera, the Canon Rebel P3i. Um, and got that and shot it to death and would always like ask me to intern with people. Like I would cook people's coffee. I would like second shoot wherever I could. Just like go and like ask people who are better than me, how do you do what you do? Um, can I learn? And so I think putting myself in that position has just like led me to where I am today where I feel like I still do the same thing. Ask my friends like model for me. I ask like people who are better than me, how do you do what you do? I yeah. just get paid a little bit more for it. When did your whole own company start? Is that kind of just how it happens too? You just are doing it and then people then ask you to take your take photos? Yeah, I feel like I've been like an entrepreneur like my whole life. It's just so like ingrained into my, mm -hmm. into my bones. So when I was seven, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. um, I had ALL leukemia. And um, during that process, I lost my hair. And so the first time I started growing back, it was this great peach fuzz. It was super soft and blonde. And I was getting really annoyed because everyone kept petting my head. And so naturally, I made business cards. I made it so you could pay 10 cents for one pat or you could get, you know, a great deal, 11 pats for a dollar. <laughs> and that was my first business. I did pretty well. Um, and then when I was nine, I started my cookie business, Becca's Cookies. And that lasted for about five years. And I... <laughs> How have I never heard about this? I don't know. But just like entrepreneur is what I did. And the only reason that stopped is because then I switched into photography. Mm. And so it was just something that like I've always built it. And throughout the whole process, my dad taught me how to use Excel when I was nine. To, you know, record like my costs and like how much I spend and like my revenue and all of that. Um, what does your dad do? Um, he's an engineer. Okay. Okay. Yes. And so yeah, just like learning that. And so when I did photography, I did a lot of it for free, but then I would like charge a little bit. I would charge like $20 for senior photos. So like basically Dirty. nothing, absolutely nothing. Probably good because the photos weren't great. Um, <laughs> but there we were. And so just kind of like, I don't know. I don't really know when it started. Yeah. I feel like when I switched my major in college um, okay. is when I would say like I officially decided, but it was yeah. already like, in the building yeah. and like learning and just like how you do this and like recording expenses. So there was a lot of learning, but I would say it's like three years old. It's an ongoing process. But it's yeah. kind of been an ongoing process. Yeah. Okay, hold on. We got to back up to Becca's cookies. <laughs> what was this? What all did you make? Did you have like a menu? 
Yes. Okay. So this is what I did. I had chocolate chip cookies, snickerdoodles, oatmeal raisin, and oatmeal chocolate chip. They started off at two twenty-five a dozen. And what I would do is I would go around to my neighborhood with like a flyer. Um, and this wasn't originally my plan, but it's just how it worked out and how like it worked every time is I would go and give it them. And my neighbors would just like be like, okay, yeah, can I have two dozen chocolate chip and two dozen snickerdoodle? And like they would all do that. So I would like get about like anywhere between like 12 to like 30 dozen cookies. And I would go back to my house, I would make them. And then two days later, I would go and deliver them to everyone. Um, and so I did that probably, I would go out anywhere from like one to two times a month and like make cookies. Basically whenever I wanted to like buy something like a Wii, American Girl doll, you know, the yeah. priorities. <laughs> um, I would go make cookies. And one time someone put it at her work and then I had to make like oh. around 90 dozen cookies. And so I'm here as a little nine year old working my little butt off. <laughs> working my little butt off. And so yeah, last time I was about 14. So when you were saving up for A21, did you ever have a, I don't know how to say it, like conventional job? No, it was, I did it with photography. Okay. I'm saving up for that. Your little Enneagram 3 always. <laughs> <laughs> like, all I can hear right now is like achieving all things in all ways. <laughs> Which, okay, now I'm just going to dive into this. When did yes. you find out you were an Enneagram 3? <laughs> um, it was when I was in California. Um, so like a couple, I don't know. Of course, was everyone like asking you what you were? Um, no, it was on this, um, we were taking a road trip to, where are we going? To Big Sur. Um <sighs> And we were in the road, and one of my friends told me about the Enneagram, and she was like, oh, you should, like, read about yours. Like, she goes, read through the types, and she's like, I think you'll just know pretty quickly which one you are. And I was reading them, and then I read the Enneagram through, and I said, oh, no. That's always the thing. This is not good. But it was just so on to a T. Even in, like, the description, it was, like, most likely to be elected, like, homecoming queen or class president. I said, cool, cool. Like, I was every single year perfect. Like, like, it's just all the things was just so boom, boom. All point. And then a little bit later, I feel like within the last year, I've learned like that I'm a wing four and that I wing four pretty hard. Yep. Like really hard. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the joke too for the people is, so I'm a six, Becca's a three and Becca's roommate is a nine. <laughs> so we were like, we're the perfect trinity of it. And yes. it's so funny because we could not be more of the number like to a D. Like Becca is such a three, I am such a six, and Kenzie is such an I. <laughs> like, all of us are in all ways. So when we found this out, we're like, guys, this could not be more. Perfect. It makes so much sense why so we sense. operate the way we operate. Yeah. Which I actually was at brunch with my coworker and her husband. He was like, this is why we get together and get along so well because she's a nine. I'm obviously still six, and he's a three. He's like, we're a trin-. He was like, he says we're going to be a trinity. I was like, no, 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 no. You cannot be the trinity. I already have a trinity. We can go up with another triangle word. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not what this is. I love it so uh, much. I love it so much. I just think it's so funny. Like, I, ke- I keep talking about it to people, and I think people get annoyed with me about it. But I'm like, you do learn a lot about yourself, but you learn so much about other people and how to interact with other people. Like, yeah. I like knowing my number. And I think sometimes it just gives me a little bit of grace of why, I don't want to be like excuse, but I'm like, okay, this is the way I'm wired. It's not yeah. just like me like being dumb. It's right. just the way I'm wired. But it helps me so much with like understanding, you know, like my two friends, I need to ask them how they're feeling or like my one friends at like understanding, I say this on here all the time, it's like them like understanding where they come from and like threes being like, I can't tell you to slow down because you're going to be like cool Rachel like today I told you to take a nap and you're like I did 6,000 things that I got home from moving Oasis like okay cool I took a four-hour nap it's fine but I think it like 
I don't know. I just love it. And I want everyone to have like Enneagram like stamps. To be like, what are you so you have to understand? Yes. I think it's so helpful. I feel like it's even helped me like understand you and just like every like everyone I interact with. You yeah. Know? It so, and you do really well with like knowing the numbers too. Because like I love that you know that too. Because I feel like it helps me feel more comfortable and like open up because like I know like you you understand kind of like where I'm coming from and I think you use it in like a healthy way where you're not like forcing a type onto me but you're like what are you how are you feeling and you know kind of what questions to ask to make me feel comfortable and make me feel like seen and heard so props to you thanks it took a little bit because at first I for sure did that oh I'm sure with my ex I'd be like you're shape-shifting and he's like you're Instagram reading way too much right now (laughs) He's like, you would have never used that word before. And I was like, you're not wrong, but you're still doing it. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Yes. Um, okay, going back to food, how do you get involved? Like, how did you fall in love with food so much? Honestly, a lot of stuff, I don't really know what exactly where it came from. I mean, my mom cooks like every like every night, I feel like, basically, too. So, like, watching her cook in the kitchen was always fun. Um, I just think also it's more, like, economical for, like, my budget, and I like to be bougie, and I like to eat good food, but I can't always pay for it, <laughs> so I make it, um, and, like, my dad's mom was, like, a really, really good cook, although she died when I was still small, but it's still something that, like, I look up to, and, like, I admire, and, like, I wish I could have learned how to cook in her kitchen, mm-hmm. like, it would have been incredible, but, like, that's kind of how, I don't know exactly where I fell in love with it, but it's something I've always just, like, liked. I've liked it. So, like, do you think it has to do anything just with, like, your creative brain? Because I feel like it's, like, putting all these elements together. Yeah, um, I almost feel like maybe that is what it is. Because for me, it's, like, a very, like, relaxing outlet. Because mm-hmm. I'm so creative. I'm still doing things. But also, I'm feeling productive. I'm feeling efficient. I'm saving money. And I'm being creative. And I just kind of have time to just relax. And I'm, like, it's taking care of my body and, like, mm-hmm. my health and, like, my mind um, when I cook. And yeah. so it's just a very... I feel like a productive relaxing instead of just me just like sitting on my bed like watching Netflix although I love to do that too but that's kind of like a way for me to like relax at the end of each day is just like cook a meal and I get fed save money I get fed and I feel like too it's almost like a way of not being on Mm -hmm. too because like you're you're getting to express your creative self but like you're doing that all day every day with your work Mm -hmm. but you have to be on like, you're yeah. constantly having to, like, portray this image. Not that mm-hmm. you're, like, being fake, but, like, right. you're having to be, like, I'm this professional person. Yeah. This is my job, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you're mm-hmm. just saying you can be in your zone. Yeah, it's a way for me to casually, like, make it as, like, perfect or imperfect as I want. And I like that. Like, a lot of times, like, there's no pressure for me to, like, make it always cute. But I like to make it cute. But yeah. then sometimes it just looks kind of, like, gross. And I'm like, you know what? It still tastes good. Tastes so amazing. here we are. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, like, whatever the outcome is, is fine. Yeah. So... It's still going on your job stuff. What did you get into fashion? Because that's like primarily primarily what I shoot. What you shoot. I don't. I feel like again. I feel like it's something that I've always loved. Like I remember my dad when I was little. He'd be like, "You you pay so much attention to these brands." Like when I was like seven or eight. Like I was just. I just loved it. Don't really know why. I just have always enjoyed like beauty and stuff mm-hmm. and it's funny because I wasn't even allowed allowed to wear makeup until I was like 16 okay. and so 16 17 which and if you so, don't really wear any I still don't really wear my yeah. makeup um but like for some reason it just intrigued me and I think one of the things I love most about fashion is just like it's so creative and it's so weird yeah and like well I just like pretty simply and like all black um I still like <laughs> um I just love like the textures and the mood and the emotion and like I just think humans are so beautiful and just like the way 
like our bodies are formed, which sounds weird, but like it's just so beautiful to me. Yep. And it's like fashion, just an art. Like you get to like dress and like experiment with the human body in such like an artful way that I really like enjoy. That's like different than like drawing or painting or cooking. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's so interesting because you have so much close interaction with like people, and yeah, just like the colors and the mood and the stories and like the emotions and just so much of what fashion represents about a culture yep. it fascinates me too like there's I feel like a lot of like history that plays into it of what trends repeats itself why people like certain things it's just very interesting to me like psychologically like marketing wise like art wise emotion wise it's just pulls on a lot of different things for me and it is cool because like when I did that lunch with you here like how the things I could not out of the stuff that like she brought up Rachel was it Rachel yeah that Rachel, Rachel brought on the rack like I would have not been able to pull together any of those things that she did. Like that yeah. little crop that she did like diagonally, I would have never thought to put it that way other than a like a halter crop thing. Like I'm yeah. like I never would have crossed my mind. And it looks awesome. Like yeah. it it was so so cool to see like all of it come together too. Yeah. And like your piece of it too with like the paper. Like again, it's like all these moving parts like coming into one. Yeah. It's so fun. It's so fun art of it too because like I feel like how I like to shoot fashion is a lot different than how I wear it mm-hmm. it's like I love to like shoot stuff weird or it's just different when I shoot it but I just enjoy it a lot it's fun this is a very random turn didn't you use to fence okay or your brother does so my brother fences um he's absolutely incredible um but basically my family like compete professionally or something he's like over in he so he fences for germany on their national team and he also fences for ohio state (laughs) university you're not a michigan fan right no okay good um you're what is it you're good (laughs) (laughs) um so my brother fences for germany and for ohio state okay and so he's absolutely incredible like we'll go to like world championships and stuff like that and so He's incredible, but my fam and my dad's in armor, so he'll like fix the gear all the time. My mom was going to all my brother's lessons, so she started fencing because she's like, I'm already here, might as well learn. And then my little sister started doing it. And so a lot of our dinner conversations were mostly fencing. And I was like, This is ridiculous. I don't know what you're talking about. Let me learn. So I fenced for like mm, like four months, I think. I'm not good at all, but I had fun with it. And now I can understand it, you know, and like talk about talk it a little it. bit, like understand a little bit of what's happening when I yeah. watch my brother's watching my brother compete so so then what did you get to climbing was that just like high school too or like just like putzing around um climbing was when I was in California I feel like a lot okay. of stuff I went to just like really came to fruition came to life I discovered came yeah to came to fruition yeah. came to life when I was in California and okay. so I just wanted like an outlet to like work out and do something fun and like it's competitive but it's like competitive with yourself but it's also super social and like yeah. relaxed but there's like you can see improvement see growth and it's just i don't know i just absolutely love it okay this is like a cheesy dumb question Mm -hmm. but and you i've asked you this before but like you're a little babe of 22 years old (laughs) (laughs) what do you see in like like what i know you like so like a year left of school yes well once you finish like a semester like a year uh or no you, I graduate December 2020. That's right. Okay. So close. I was going to throw such a big party. <laughs> we'll have a New Year's party for it. Oh my gosh. Stop. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wait, we'll plan that. We'll plan that later. 100%. <laughs> um, but I know like your business and all this stuff, but like what would you just like love to do? Like, are you like love in Chicago? Like love staying 
Like, I feel like you just have all these things. And I'm like, if I was in your brain, I'd be like, I want to do everything, which I know is kind of. Yeah. So I do want to do everything. Um, you're hundred (laughs) percent right. Um, I have a lot of ideas right now. I'm not really sure. I'm not opposed to moving out of Chicago, but I also have no urgency Mm -hmm. to move out of Chicago. Um, I would love to move like LA, New York, London, Paris, somewhere in there, but also I'm not like hard pressed to go. Um, I would love to either, I have a lot of ideas. I think ultimately I would love to like be CEO and I would love to have like a company of like branding, marketing, fashion, something. I'm not exactly sure what, but I would love to like have a lot of people who are incredibly gifted and skilled and kind of like mentor and coach and teach and lead and like watch people operate in their giftings and their skills as a team and as a unit to like produce beautiful creative things whatever that is and like how that looks like I don't know but I just think it would be really fun to like have a company that like creates like a really good culture mm-hmm. um, and that has a really like strong voice that's empowering to people in like the fashion and creative industry because I feel like sometimes it can get very competitive um, and very like critical of people like in themselves too and it can be sometimes it can be a toxic environment so to create a positive environment that people want to work in where they can feel like their most creative selves express ideas collaborate teamwork together okay so the last question that I always ask because the pod's called slice up your life what's your favorite slice of pizza I don't know. There's so many good ones. You don't have to pick like just one. Um, honestly, this sounds terrible, but I love a good margarita, like okay. with like, a good basil on top. Yeah, like Neapolitan. So, yeah, okay. like if it's just like done really well with like the what's it called, the stone baked. Yeah, yeah, like the wood fired. Yeah, like the wood fire where the yeah. crust is good. Bubbly. Bubbly. Yeah, that's my favorite. Have you had a good place here? Okay, I don't know. No, I haven't. Do you know of a good place? We need to go. So there's a place. I haven't been yet. Okay. But I've talked about this place back in Iowa City Marquee. And yes. again, this is hilarious because this is probably, I've talked about this now every single episode. Oh my gosh. But Marquee, so that they have all, the, I'll show you pictures mm-hmm. of it. But the guy, the pizza consultant for that one, opened up a place maybe a little bit north of Berkeley called Roebuck. Okay, we're going. so good. Like we have going. to go. There's a couple yeah. good like other places, but... I just trust that to be like, I need to go, but like, it's kind of far away. So I like, need to make an effort. And one place I want to go is Middle Brow Bungalow. Okay. Wow. Great. Write these down. Let's and go. we'll go. Perfect. Perfect. Cause I've been and we need to go. It's a date. I love it. And that's it y'all for my conversation with Becca. I hope y'all enjoyed her as much as I do. I miss her and my Oasis family so much. And of course, miss my Trinity a whole bunch. Um, But as I mentioned, Becca is an amazingly talented photographer and I know things are a little crazy right now. So maybe photographers aren't as in high demand as they may be, but she also did just open her own print shop that is live right now. So I will link all of her info in the show notes so you can see all the goods. But I hope y'all are having a great week. Again, I'm so thankful to be down here in Texas with my family and just have some open air rather than my tiny little box of a studio apartment. But I hope that you guys all can find the silver lining during this weird, crazy time as well. That is it for Slice Up Your Life this week. I love you guys. I miss you guys. I hope you're staying safe and sane. And we'll see each other soon. Bye.